John chapter number five. Amen. Uh, we've been doing eternal security in Sunday school. We've been preaching on doctrines of the devils. And First uh, uh, Timothy four, the Spirit speaketh now expressly in the latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirit doctrines of devils. And uh, the bottom line is. Uh, we got to believe God, right? We, we must believe God. And uh, I don't care what man says, they think the scripture says. They got to learn to rightly divide the word of truth, right? <coughs> Amen, preacher. Yeah, that's good. Swing from the chandeliers. Amen. But we got to believe the book. And, and the bottom line is, I'm going to believe what God says versus what my feelings say. I'm going to believe what God says versus what men's apparent twisting of the scripture says. When God says, I have eternal life, I have what? Let's go to John 3. John 3. Uh, this, a lot of people want to believe that uh, is probably the cornerstone, the verse of all the Bible. It's one of the most popular ones. He says, uh, let's go to verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Uh, do you believe that? If a man believeth not about Jesus, but places his faith in the atoning sacrifice that Christ offered, and paid, and God accepted that payment, and if you will trust him for that payment, your sins can be forgiven, and you can be pardoned and cleansed, and you'll have eternal life, right? What's eternal life? No, that's, yes, I understand eternal life, Jesus Christ, but what is eternal life? I mean, the technical term. It's, a, it's to live forever and never to die. Amen. Christ died once. Amen. And he is alive forevermore. He's going to live forever. And that's what eternity is. Is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and never able to die. I want to live forever. And I'm going to live forever. Why? Because I place faith in the word of God and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I took his payment. For my sins, and God said, because I did that, that's where he showed me mercy, and he showed me mercy based upon what Christ did and what I have done with his son. And I've taken his son to be my sacrifice. I have ceased from trying to pay it myself and trusting him to have paid my pain. And that's what we're going to cover. We're going to cover a bunch of scriptures today to be able to show you those things. Verse 16, for God so loved the world. I want you to notice something. That's corporate, right? That he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever. That's an individual. You understand? There's a difference between corporate America and an individual in America. You understand? <laughs> United States, that's one country with 50 states in it. But each one of those 50 states has, has within itself individual people. Amen. What's our constitution say? We the who? The people. See, 
We the people. And listen, that's what he died for. He died for people. He died for individuals. And individually, people can get saved. The old country of America can go to hell, but you can get saved. Right. You understand? Everybody in your family can go to hell, but you can get saved. If you'll simply believe what God said about you and be sorry for your sin, turn from amen, and uh, receive Christ, you can live forever. He that believeth in him, or that whosoever believeth in him should not, what? Perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not a son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is what? You believe that? How in the world can I believe on him? And then, well, you go out and sin again. Well, then now you're condemned. He said, I'm not condemned if I believe on him. Amen? It's like, do you believe this ferry boat will get you across the river? No? Okay. Then don't get on. Do you believe this ferry boat will get you across the river? Yeah, all right. Then get on. Well, I don't want to get on. Well, how are you going to get to the other side? Well, I guess I'd swim. Well, okay, swim. But you ain't going to make it. The river's too strong. The current's too strong. You got to get on the ferry. You got to you got to get on it. Proof that you believe it gets across rivers, you get on it. Amen. We do so many things in America. We put trust in so many different things that it's hard to believe uh, that God will simply do something. You got faith when you flip the switch, lights coming on. You got faith when you stick your key in the car, the car's gonna start. You got faith when you drive across the bridge, it's gonna hold you up. Amen. We've done seen so many people go across the bridge. We got no problem crossing the bridge. It's just like second reaction, just to do things. But people were so skeptical years ago that when they even started an automobile, they they had a law they couldn't go five mile an hour. They're scared to death of it that you can get hurt. <laughs> Imagine that you get hurt, right? Amen. Listen, we put faith in things. We put faith in chairs. You're putting faith in the pew you're sitting in. You got confidence it's going to hold you up. Well, <laughs> I put faith in Christ. I got confidence He's going to hold me up. He's going to do what He said He's going to do, right? He that believeth on Him is not condemned but he that believeth not is what condemned when already <laughs> because he's not believed the name of the only begotten son of god listen the bottom line is if you place faith on him right like a roulette wheel right you're gonna pull out your living and you're gonna place money on something well i'm not advocating gambling but i'm just saying if you go and you want to gamble on a roulette wheel, there's a number you got to pick and you got to put your money on that number. Well, I've taken my eternal life and I've placed it upon Jesus Christ and him alone. I haven't placed it in the Catholic Church. I haven't placed it in the Baptist Church. I haven't placed it in water baptism. I haven't placed it in Mohammed. I haven't placed it in Mary. Right? I've placed 100% my keeping of my soul in the hands of Jesus Christ and what he did. And when I trusted that, he changed my life. Amen. I don't try to do one thing myself. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I want you to see a wonderful truth. I hope you can get it. Because if you get it, <laughs> woo, we'll, we'll cancel church and we'll, we'll, set, we'll just run the aisles and run the church. John chapter 5, verse 24. Barely, barely, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Have you done what that says? Have you truly heard his word and believed on him? Not just about him, 
but placed your faith on him. Watch what it says. Half what? You know what half is? It's something right now and you possess it. I have it. I have what? Everlasting life. If I could lose it by committing one sin, then I don't have it. And it means I don't have everlasting <laughs> life. I have temporary conditional life. It's not based upon what I do, how I live. It's based on how He lived. My salvation is based on His life, His atonement, His sacrifice. And God gave me his righteousness. It's based on what I do with the son. Not how I live. How I live was already determined. I can't live it. It was already determined by God. I couldn't keep the commandments. I was under judgment. I was under the wrath of God. I was declared a sinner. How do you know that? Because all have sinned and come what? Short of the glory of God. I believe that. I already knew I was in trouble. You didn't have to tell me I stunk. I could smell myself. Amen. Amen. And I needed somebody that could save me and deliver me from the things that were killing me and hurting me. And I came to Christ for deliverance and he delivered. And boy, did he deliver. <laughs> Amen. And I got a whole lot more than I bargained for. Watch this. He that believeth on the Son, right? He Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, comma, and shall not come into what? Condemnation. Isn't that a blessing? Shall not. What part of that don't they understand? What part of that don't they believe? I don't care all the different parts of the Bible. Listen, we have a, an apparent contradiction in the Word of God. Got all these people telling me I can lose my salvation. And got all these people telling me I can't lose my salvation. Somebody's lying and somebody's telling the truth. You understand? Amen. We better get a hold of this thing. This is talking to people in this period of time, this church age. That's what it's talking to. I've heard the word of God. I've placed faith in Jesus Christ. I have everlasting life, and I shall not come into condemnation. Listen, the condemnation has been removed. It's taken off the table. Amen. Sin, as far as paying for a payment of my sins, that's already been taken off the table. You say, why? The payment's been paid. The debt's been paid. As far as God's concerned, every sin that I ever committed or ever will commit has met, been meted out at Calvary on Jesus Christ. He paid for all sins. And he paid the penalty. He was crucified. He suffered my death. He suffered my hell. He suffered the payment of God. The wrath of God was poured out upon him for my sins. Judgment has been satisfied. That's what justice is. Right? And, and since God's been satisfied, justice has been satisfied. Amen. Therefore, I am justified. Justified never sinned. That's justice being satisfied. You understand? Justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That means the war's over. God is no longer angry at me over my sin because I've appeased or assuaged the wrath of God by receiving His Son. It's not based on what I do or how I perform. It's based on what the Son of God did and then it's based on what I do with the Son of God. And everybody wants to take sanctification, amen, and mess that thing up in a 
twist it and make it justification. I have not been completely made holy because I have still have a sin nature. And that won't be eradicated until the second advent or the second the rapture. The, the, the rapture of the church when Jesus Christ comes again. Then I get a glorified body. But my soul's been paid for. My body's been purchased. It just hasn't been redeemed yet. The redemption of my body's coming at the rapture. Look at what it says. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death onto life. Do you see the past there? You know what that means? There's been a yeah, there's been a transaction, there's been a transition. Amen. Listen. My wife went right over here to this little old high school. Amen. And in 1976, you were awarded what? She was awarded a diploma. According to the schools of Northridge, she satisfied all the requirements that were expected of her, and she received a certificate, a diploma. Amen. She was accredited to successfully have passed all the requirements to send her off into college. That she no longer has to do anything. Now, could she go back and study? Sure. But she's passed. She's graduated. She successfully met all the requirements. Listen, when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, I have passed. I have graduated to the next step and level in my life. And if you don't pass, you don't get to enter into glory. And Christ passed all the requirements to satisfy the demands of the wrath of God and appease God and his sacrifice assuaged the wrath of God, and I have passed from death <laughs> onto life. I'm in. <laughs> I don't have to go back and retake the exam. The exam's not based upon how I live or I don't live, because I already admitted I'm a failure. And a diploma was reward, awarded to me on the basis of me receiving Christ. And God said, I'll guarantee, listen, I couldn't get a job for years because I didn't have a diploma. And I wound up, a friend of mine paid to give me a GED, and I prayed over that thing. God gave me a GED, and I got a job. So why? Because a lot of people are looking for a high school diploma. Listen, a lot of people won't even hire if you don't even have an equivalent of a GED. And God says, you can't enter into heaven without a diploma. you got to pass. <laughs> Amen. The only way, the only test you can pass is, have you received a son or have you not received a son? And if you've received a son and the work that he did in his payment, you graduate. Amen. So for the penalty of your sin, take it off the table. It's already taken care of. Well, you're saying I could live like the devil and do whatever I want to do. Who said that? God never said you could live like hell. Amen. You know what God's going to do? He's going to take you to the woodshed. You want to live like the devil's children? Well, then you have to go to the woodshed. Amen. And he will iron that thing out, I guarantee. <laughs> and if it don't get ironed out, he'll take you out. He, he ain't going to let his kids live like the devil. And he don't want his kids playing in the devil's sandbox. <laughs> right? He don't want his kids dancing to the devil's music. He don't want them playing with the devil's children. He said, come out from among them. Be separate, say the Lord. Amen. I've passed. I've graduated. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter number 3. Verse 14. 1 <clears throat> John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from what? Death unto life. How do you know you passed? How do you know you graduated? 
<coughs> because we love who? <coughs> the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Amen. You know what I know? I love God's people. Amen. I don't like everything God's people do. <laughs> but I love God's people. I love his book. I love his church. I love his word. I love preaching. I love songs about him. I love his name. I love the things of God. Something moved in and I got a changed heart about that. Because before I was saved, I didn't love God's people. I didn't love church. I didn't love Bible. I didn't love preaching. I didn't love Christ. I didn't love his book. I hated reading. I still hate reading. But I love reading his book. Amen. I love hearing things about him. I love acquiring knowledge about Jesus Christ. I love reading after men that are saved that, that pen and author and write things about God that I might know more about him. There's a draw. There's an addiction. Amen. That came over me towards him. I want to win people to Jesus Christ. I want to talk about him. I want to hear people. You understand? I know I've passed from death on a life. Why? There's a change, man. There's something happened in my life. First John chapter number two. First John chapter number two. Verse 25. And this is the promise that he has promised us. Even what? <laughs> Man, it's a promise. Eternal life is a promise. Amen. Eternal life, I've passed, and eternal life is a promise. God promised that to me. You know what I got? I got eternal life. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. Verse 19, Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemneth, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemneth not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we what? Oh, you like that prayer request there, Caleb? Huh? Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Wasn't that blessed? Now watch this. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So preacher, I'm not, I'm not getting my prayers answered. Are you doing that which is pleasing in his sight? Are you keeping his commandments? What commandments? See, there you go, preacher. You're saying keep the commandments. Well, let's see if you've kept this one. Verse 23. And this is his what? Commandment. That we should believe on the name of the Son of God. Wow, that's pretty good. And love one another as he gave us commandment. <laughs> Isn't that a blessing? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you taken his son? Have you taken him to be your Lord and Savior? That's a big question. That's a big thing. Listen, how many people you know that ask a woman... That's, that's politically incorrect anymore. How many of you ask a woman to come into your life or ask a man, when a man asks you to come into his life, and you said yes? When I asked my wife on November 19, 1988, to be my lawfully wedded wife, we moved in. Amen? And I ain't getting rid of her. She ain't getting rid of me. Hello? Right? Wouldn't that be funny if I asked her to be my wife and then we live in separate houses and never see each other, never spend any time together, huh? never talk to each other, never call each other on the phone. Amen. I keep my paycheck. She keeps her paycheck. We live individual lives. Hello. 
Listen, we got married that day, we're one. And sit back and tell me we're one, but yet we don't have any fellowship. That's, that's ludicrous, isn't it? There's a bunch of people say they're, they're a Christian because they pray the prayer, but they have no fellowship with God. They don't want his book. They don't want his people. They don't want to be around his things. How in the world can you say you're married? Well, I went through the ceremony. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right. You said I, I said the I do's. Yeah, well, okay, you say I do all you want, but that doesn't mean you did it with your heart. doesn't mean you meant it. Hello? There's a bunch of people end up in divorce shortly after they get married. Why? Because they find out that somebody had a bunch of false pretenses and lies, and they, they bail out on them. But you know what? God already knew I was full of crud. And he already knew I was a mess. And he came down and he died for me and saved me anyways. Look at John. Look at John chapter 5. He already knew, he knew I already knew about you. He already knew you were unfaithful. If I ever commit infidelity on my wife, she has a right to divorce me. That's great. She has a right to never talk to me. She has a right to sue the hide off of me. She has a right to take me to the cleaners and make me pay the largest amount of alimony checks she can squeak out of me. Hello? Amen? She has that right. She also has a right to forgive me. But why would she? Yeah. Right? She has a right to get a 44 magnet and blow my brains out. If she can hold it. <laughs> Hello? You say, preacher, listen, I'm saying, listen. Bible says in John 5, or John 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will what? No wise cast out. That includes infidelity. You know what? If you walk away from Jesus Christ after you've been saved, 637. All that come to me, I'll no wise cast out. Listen, God already knew you as an infidel when he saved you. <laughs> he already knew you as a heathen when he saved you. He already knew you as unfaithful. He already knew you as full of problems. He already knew you as a mess. He already knew you stunk. He already knew you was dirty. He already knew you had a bent and a, and a, and a draw towards sin. He's seen all the junk in your life. And you know what? He said, I'll take you junk and all. And then he graciously, lovingly is working the junk out of our life and removing all the harmful things out of our life. Amen. He doesn't want that stuff to harm us and hurt us and damper us and destroy us. And he wants to show people his excellency and his glory and his goodness and his goodness leads us to repentance. And what God wants to do is bathe us up and clean us up and put us on display and said, look, look what I can do to a sinner. I can take the cussing out of his mouth and his life and his heart. I can teach him how to comb his hair and put on some nice clothes and take a bath and smell good. And he don't have to waller and the vomit and the puke. He don't need he don't need the corruption and the pollutions. He don't need to get drunk and high. He don't need to have all these excuses. He can be a man and stand. Amen. He can take a punch. He can wind up taking the persecution and enduring because he has a divine love for me. It was placed in his heart when he trusted. Oh. Man, I got more than I can even bargain for. He knew what he was getting. And he knew there was problems attached to what he received. And he knew there were some things he had to work out in my life. And he knew he had to be patient. And he said, I'll be patient. And I'll work on Cliff. 
and I'll keep combing the kinks out of his head. And if I got to march him back and forth to the woodshed, I'll do it because I love him and he loved me. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to, I'm going to make this relationship work no matter what. And Jesus made that promise. And he said, no matter what you do in your life, no matter how unfaithful you'll ever be, I'll always be here for you. I'll always take you back. Amen. And you'll always be mine. Amen. Well, I tell you what a blessing. And these clowns want to sit back and try to take some isolated passages of scriptures and twist it and say that Jesus Christ will throw you away. Amen. They need to be locked up and thrown in hell. Amen. You say, I can't believe you said that. I'm just trying to tell you that's what they're trying to do. It's a doctrine of the devil to destroy your faith and walk in God. The devil couldn't stop you from coming to Christ. And the devil's going to do everything he can to stop you from amounting to be anything in Christ. He don't want you to offer one ounce of praise to God. He don't want you to serve God. He don't want you to know God. He don't want you to be something to tell somebody else about God. He is trying to hinder you. God says, we can overcome all obstacles. You can come over, over all things. I've given you the victory. The victory's there. You just stick close by me, and I'll make you something. <laughs> Amen. Romans 5, 8, Romans 8. I, I just, I just got to believe the scriptures and not my heart. I got to believe the scriptures and not my experience. I got to believe the scriptures... Amen, and not what somebody that professes to be a brother wants to teach me about the scriptures. Amen. Romans 5 or 8. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? That's a person. Who, who, who's going to do that? Huh? The devil? You think the devil comes between you and God? How about your mother-in-law? <laughs> huh? She might get you to cuss. <laughs> you might get her to cussing. <laughs> Hello? Right? Who's going to do it? President Obama? Huh? Your next-door neighbor? Huh? Some little huzzy at work. Amen. Hello. Huh? Some little slick, slick dude with with uh, chocolates and flowers. He's gonna talk you out of your salvation. Listen, who's gonna do it? Shall tribulation? Shall tribulation? You think hard times in your life's gonna do it? You think Jesus is going to bail out on you when tribulation comes? Well, when tribulation comes, you might choose to sin. I've already chose Christ. It's a done deal. Shout of stress. Hey, man, you ever been in a, you ever been in distress? What's distress? I've been out in the middle of the ocean on a raft with no gas, surrounded by sharks. Yeah. Hey, man, no food. That's distress. And here comes a hurricane. Hey, man. <laughs> That's distress. Or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are what? Killed all the day long. Isn't that a blessing? Huh? Guess what? You got a bullseye on you. Hey, coming soon to a city near you. 
Amen. It may be a slaughter of the sheep. Amen. You ready to die for your faith? Hello? If that rascal in the White House gets Sharia law put in here, you can mark her down. There's going to be executions. Amen. Never sit in town. Be martyring Christians. That's all them to be headed for the witness of Jesus and the word of God. Hello, I'm telling you, that rascal gets Sharia law in here. That's what the Islamists are doing. That's what ISIS is doing. And that's the United States American created entity destroying turmoil in the Middle East. It was designed and created by the jihadist in the White House. And if he gets it here in this country, they're going to be decapitating you. And George Bush in 1991 established that law on Education Day, March 26th. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a law of the books of the land that they can decapitate Christians. Listen, they're fixing to make open season on Christians. Are you ready? As it is written, for thy sake we're what? Killed all the day long. Apostle Paul died. John the Baptist died. Jesus Christ died. Peter died. Thomas died. Mm -hmm. Bartholomew was filleted alive. How'd you like to be filleted? Huh? Just peel your skin off. Thomas was drugged through the streets and had his brains beat out with a, a fuller's club. Huh? Peter was hung upside down. Paul had his head cut off. John the Baptist had his head cut off. Jesus was beat beyond recognition and hung on a tree. You know how many people were crucified and killed and martyred? Listen, they used to dip Christians in tar and set them on fire and light their gardens and they'd party while Christians are burning on a stake. Throw them in sacks full of rattlesnakes and scorpions, cut their belly open, let a hog sit there and eat their guts alive, eat their, eat their insides out while they were alive. Hey, I'm telling you, you used to throw them to the lions? Listen, I'm just being nice and kind. I ain't even getting started on what Fox and Book of Martyrs and all that says that they did. Ripping their body parts to pieces. Tearing them from limb to limb. Amen. I'm trying to tell you something. They were counted as sheep for the slaughter. We're killed all day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, and all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors what? Through him. It's through him. It's through his love. It's through his grace that I can conquer. Well, it's talking about that you'll never be able to say, oh man, give me a break. These guys don't know what they're talking about. I am a conqueror through Jesus Christ. It's him that got the victory. He won the victory. So I have the victory. It's not based on whether I sin or don't sin. My salvation is based on whether I receive him or not receive him. Well, after you get saved, you sin. Man, come on. There's a bunch of group of people out there that said they live above sin. The only way you can live above sin is to move above a bar. Right? There's a bunch of honky tonks and strip joints down here. You want to live above sin? Put an apartment above there. You'll live above sin. Amen. These people think they can live above sin because they don't have, they wear long sleeves all the time. And they don't ever show one hair on their chest because they got their butt collar butt. Oh, cute, man. Oh, amen. These stinking Pharisees think they're, they're sinless. In their mind, they ain't. Guarantee you they're not pure in their thoughts. Amen. He didn't know what to do good and do it not to him it is sin. Amen. What about the sins they omit, not the ones they commit? Right? You talk about spiritual pride. Look at this. For I am persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in what? Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing you can do to separate you from that love.
And what they'll say is, well, you can be separated from God and he'll cast you to hell, but he'll always love you even though you're in hell. Oh, come on, man. You guys are twisting the scriptures. Yeah. Right? Romans chapter number six. Romans chapter number six. Verse 23. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is temporary life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the gift of God is probationary life until you sin again, and then he'll take it away from you. Well, that's a lot of joy, isn't it? <laughs> huh? You got to check in with a probation officer, and he's examining you. And if you flunk, you done blew it. Oh, man. You, you know how many religious people are in a nut house thinking they lost their salvation because they sinned? Well, Hebrews 10, 26. Well, watch my video on that. Amen. Hello. That's talking to a Jew in a tribulation about taking the mark of the beast. After they've been supernaturally sustained and sealed by God. Amen. Got nothing to do with me and you sin after we've been saved willfully. Because all our sin's willful. Some of it's through ignorance. But all our we sin willfully. Amen. When a man goes out and does something, he knows what he's doing. When he cusses, he knows. When you do 35, amen, in a 25-mile-an-hour zone, you know you're speeding on purpose. When you neglect to put on your seatbelt, you know you're disobeying the law of the land. Amen. amen. Yeah. Right? And when you don't submit to your husband, you know you broke the commandment of God. I mean, there's a bunch of religious women out there who won't submit to their husband, and they come to church and go, no, 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 and think they're some kind of spiritual person dancing all around the church, Amen. Saying they're full of the Holy Ghost and they're rebellion to their husband. And they're going to tell you they're going to go to heaven. There's a bunch of men out there to say they love their wives and treat them cheaper than dirt and are showing up to church this morning. Amen. And they don't love them anymore. They're loving their secretary. Hello. And there's children ain't obeying their parents. Amen. You obey me 100% of the time? Most of it, don't you? You try to. Do you always like it? So you're sinning against Alan Jones then. Right? Hello? Amen. Listen, we're imperfect people. But I've accepted the perfect person. And he gave me a complete salvation. Amen? And now he's perfecting me. But I'm not tossed away because I'm imperfect. He already knew that when he saved me. I got eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's go to Isaiah 55. <laughs> I just go bleep book. I don't care what they say. Isaiah 55, I understand it's a command and a God talking to Israel. Hello? But it's a verse of scripture, it's a spiritual application to, that I can apply to church age. Verse 6 Seek the Lord while I may be found, call upon him while he's what? near. Amen. That's a good verse for today. Verse 7 Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn on, return on the Lord and who have mercy upon him and to our God for he will what? Abundantly a pardon. Abundantly. You know what pardon is? Amen. You're set free and you're restored your rights. If you receive a presidential pardon today, you receive your rights. Amen. Your record's thrown out. Amen. Hello. 
the book of Jude. The book of Jude. I got the promise of eternal life. I've passed. Amen. From death on life. I've been pardoned. Now watch this. The book of Jude. I've never heard too many people bring this verse out dealing with eternal security. You ready? I got a, I got a nugget. Caleb? The book of Jude. Jude 1. Right? It's only one chapter. Jude 1, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, <clears throat> to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Know what I am? I'm preserved. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I am preserved. I, it means I am protected. I am covered. Amen. Listen, I'll never be defiled. Amen. I can't go to hell. Why? I'm preserved in Jesus. Amen. I'm preserved. Are you? Not only do I got a reservation, I got a preservation. <laughs> I've been preserved in Jesus Christ. All right. That wasn't enough for you. I didn't get you rain dancing. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. One of these days, I'm going to say something around here. You ladies and men are going to take off and shouting and screaming. Amen. Jumping up, clicking your heels. Woo! <laughs> get you all to dance in the spirit. Amen. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which according to his abundant mercy, he hath what? Begotten us. You know what that is? Begotten us again. That's born again. I've been begotten of God spiritually when I received Jesus Christ my Savior. Right? According to his abundant mercy, he begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. What? For you, I had a preservation, now I got a reservation. <laughs> right? Watch this. Who are kept by the power of God through faith on the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. <laughs> Amen. I'm kept by God's power. Amen. Amen. God's keeping me. God's holding me. God's got me. Amen. And if I lost my salvation, then God's crippled. God's a handicap. God's a weakling. God's a God that's a liar and can't keep his commandments and can't keep his promises if he fails to keep me. Amen. He said he'd keep me. He said he'd protect me. He said he'd preserve me. And he promised me to live forever. And if that's not true, then he's a liar. And God's not a man that he should lie. Amen. I believe God. I don't believe there's a mistake in his book. I don't believe there's a problem with any of his promises. I believe everything that he claimed to be is still true and always will be true regardless of the circumstances in my life, regardless of the ability of me to be able to live it or not live it. It's, he is still true and righteous and altogether lovely. I'm kept by what? God's power. It's not by my, it's not by my, my uh, performance. It's not on how many hoops I can jump through or not jump through. It's not a point system, Caleb. It's not how many points I can shoot. Amen. 
That's all men's bluffs. Yep. <clears throat> Amen. Father, I truly do love you. I thank you, Lord, for being good to me today. 